0: We're just going to read the Bible together from 2 Thessalonians, chapter 3. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we ask you to pray for us. Pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly and be honored whenever it, wherever it goes, just as it went when it came to you. Pray, too, that we will be rescued from wicked and evil people, for not everyone is a believer. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. And we are confident in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we commanded you. May the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of the love of God and the patient endurance that comes from Christ. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from all believers who live idle lives and don't follow the tradition they received from us. For you know that you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you. We never accepted food from anyone without paying for it. We worked hard day and night, so we, we would not be a burden to any of you. We certainly had the right to ask you to feed us, but we wanted to give you an example to follow. Even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work and meddling in other people's business. We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and work to earn their own living. As for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing good. Take note of those who refuse to obey what we say in this letter. Stay away from them, so they will be ashamed. Don't think of them as enemies, but warn them as you would a brother or sister. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation the Lord be with you all. Here is my greeting in my own handwriting, Paul. I do this in all my letters to prove they are from me. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Let's just pray. Thank you, Father and Almighty God, that you are a faithful God. Thank you that you have loved us so much that you gave your son for us. We thank you that we have your word to teach us your ways and your commands, and we just pray for Matt this morning as he preaches your word to us. We pray that he would preach mightily and in your way, and we pray that you just prepare and open our hearts, Lord, so we can receive your word, and that it would just make roots in our hearts and help us to grow and be more mature and willing to listen to you and obey your commands. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Well good morning. Great to be with you guys today. Uh, as, as you heard, my name is Matt. Uh, I am uh, the head of Message Wales, um, which is part of a, a kind of, uh, I, I suppose I should call it a global uh, charity now um, that was started in Manchester 30 plus years ago. The Message Trust is what it's called everywhere else, but we're Wales, we like to be different. So we call it Message Wales here. Um, and... Um, I'm going to just give you a brief uh, kind of introduction of what we do, uh, and then I'll kind of move on into uh, speaking from uh, the Word of God from that passage that we've just read this morning. Is that okay? Fantastic. So um, just to introduce myself, I say my name's Matt. Uh, I'm uh, um, married, uh, two young boys. Um, We have lived in Cardiff for about three years now. My wife's originally from Swansea. I'm from Mid Wales, and we've moved all over the place. Um, and uh, moved down into Cardiff three years ago to take on the work of uh, Message Wales. We love being here. We love Wales. We love the people of God that are here. And um, as far as the the message is concerned, um, I haven't really got time to explain to you everything that we do uh, because it would take far too long. There's a kind of a lovely picture that demonstrates all the different things, all the different ministries. Uh, I'll probably sum it up like this. We are a gospel movement. So we're a Christian charity, and our aim is to share the love of God and to share the the message of uh, the gospel to whoever will listen uh, in whatever context, in whatever way we can. We try and do it in lots of different ways. We try to be innovative. We try to um, be relevant. But we never change the message that we preach, and that is Christ crucified. And uh, so our, our aim is to support and resource local churches like yourselves so that we might be able to come in and bring our kind of our resources, our experience, our passion. We might be able to help with evangelistic events, with uh, youth programs, with all sorts of different work. Um, but everything that we do will always be seasoned with and have the gospel at the centre of what we do. Uh, Matt mentioned earlier, uh, Ignite. Uh, that was a charity that was based here in Cardiff for 25 plus years, and and that merged with the message. So Ignite became. Message Wales, and Gary Smith became me. Um, he's still part of the message. I haven't, I haven't usurped him, but I did like uh, the description that I'm the kind of the younger, better-looking version. I'll take that all day. Um, perhaps not the, the, the more fitter version. Gary right now is actually in South Africa doing a 100-kilometre run across the, kind of, the bottom of South Africa to raise money for Message Wales, and uh, uh, I'm sure if you want to support him, he'd uh, appreciate that. I'm just going to push this back a bit. I'm prone to wander and give myself a bit of space. Um, So you can see there we're involved in all sorts of ministries from youth work and prisons work and schools work and outreach work and mission. And uh, I love what we do because, as I say, we're about sharing the gospel. Um, uh, If I could ever kind of bring it down even kind of more succinctly. Um, A lot of what we do is about youth engagement. So you'll see there we are in schools regularly with our school teams going in doing lessons on self-esteem, on bullying, on sex and relationships and being able to bring a Christian perspective into those lessons and also building those bridges. Whenever we go into schools, we take local youth workers with us. So we're building those bridges back to the church and back to the community and inviting them on to bigger Things. We do things like the uh, youth night in the middle picture there where we gather um, Christians together from all over Cardiff, Swansea, Valleys and Newport. We did one uh, last month and we had over, around 200 young people come together just to praise and worship God together. Isn't that amazing to know that that sort of stuff is happening here in the city? And uh, and the last picture there is Lyft. That's one of our kind of evangelistic events. We have bands that will come and perform. They'll do like whole school days and we invite them to a gig and uh, they get to have a great night out, but also, again, to hear the gospel message. There's loads of other things that we do. We have a, we have a double-decker bus. I could go on, but I won't. What I would say to you is this. Uh, if I forget anything now, please come and speak to myself and Dean, who will be at the back uh, later on, because we'd love to tell you a little more about what we do. We've also got a little black booklet, which basically gives you a summary. So if you'd like to know what Message Wells is about and pray for us, please if you do nothing else, take one of those little black booklets home with you today. But youth is only part of what we do. We are also, um, oh, there's youth night. That was the youth night from uh, from yeah from January last year. Um, lovely picture. I'm going to move on. Uh, we also do community transformation, which is just a way of saying uh, we are not just about kind of doing the, the big on the stage, shouting about the gospel, the kind of, the kind of light lamp on a stand stuff. We love that. But we're also about salt or the earth. We like to get alongside people and live alongside people and do long-term relational building with people. So we have things like our Eden teams, which are basically teams of missionaries who are moved into the most poor and most deprived communities around the UK to live long-term and to not just tell people that Jesus loves them, but show them by living alongside them. We do things uh, like working in prisons. We work in Cardiff Prison and in uh, Park Prison over in Bridge End, um, and we do some resettlement work as well. And we're seeing loads of people uh, connecting with our teams and going to Bible studies and people making commitments to Jesus in those contexts. And we do things like street pastors, which is why Dean and uh, his fellow friend here are with us. Do you want to stand up for a moment? Uh, I know you've got some street pastors uh, who are part of this church, Street Pastors is an amazing initiative where these guys and others go out on Fridays and Saturday nights into the city center and are there to serve and support and look after um, people, particularly when they're in their vulnerable state. Um, And these guys are demonstrating the love of God, being the hands and feet of Jesus to our nighttime economy. And they do a fantastic job. They're here because we would love you guys to join them. Uh, there's lots of ways you can support us, but particularly wanted to highlight this morning. Uh, if you want to find out more about the work of street pastors, please speak to these guys. And if you'd like to be uh, a street pastor, then uh, they'd love to recruit you and get you out to do that. So please do speak to them uh, at the end. Anyway, as you can see, I'm trying to rattle through as much as I can because there's so much to try and fit in. But I want to move on. Uh, so uh, let me uh, show you this one last slide. Um, People often see the big events that we do, and that's fantastic, but I also wanted to highlight every month we are out there doing uh, the business of being Jesus' hands and feet. Every month, The Message at Wales uh, does an average of 100-plus hours of street pastor patrols on the the streets of Cardiff. We have 40-plus separate Bible study groups that happen in prison every single month. Isn't that amazing to know that that work is going on um, and is supported by local churches and people like yourselves. We have uh, 400 people, I can't read it from there, it's pretty far away, visit our bus. So we've got a big double-decker bus kitted out with all the latest games consoles and uh, it's a great outreach tool that that churches use to engage with with kids from the community and uh, on average we see about 400 young people on the bus every month, 200 to 1,000 young people seen in schools every month. And at least one big event that we do, whether it's for Christians or an outreach event, um, and so there's always other stuff going on. But every month, even when we're having a quiet month of downtime, this stuff is going on. And uh, and I simply want to say, please could you pray for us? Uh, Message Wales is very much a part of. The local church. We exist to support and to resource and to bolster up the local church. I am a firm believer that Jesus is coming back for his church. He's not coming back for an organization. He's not coming back for a charity like us. He's coming back for the body of Christ, the church. And so we we exist to support the local church. And we also exist because the local church supports us. So if I may uh, put a little request out there, please do connect with us. Please do uh, sign up today to receive our newsletters and our magazines and, and our prayer calendars uh, and pray for us regularly. We depend on it. We need your prayers. and of course, I'm also going to suggest if you'd like to, you can also financially support us as well. I'm go- I forgot my bag. Still got it, still a bit nimble even as I approach 44. Um, this, is the, this is the little booklet that I want to encourage you to come and uh, grab uh, at the back. So that's on the stand out in the foyer. Um, but uh, we do rely on um, individuals and churches who financially support us. We can't get any money from the government, any money from uh, things like National Lottery, not that we'd want to, because we are so blatant about our faith. Every time we go into school, into prison, into communities, we share Jesus. And so we rely on the support of churches and individuals like yourselves to help us to keep doing all that we're doing so if you've liked anything that you've heard about what message wells is up to if you think that we're doing a great job would you please consider standing with us and supporting us Uh, whether you can just give a few pounds a month or 10 pounds or 25 pounds every little helps honestly it's the lifeblood and we really value your support and and one of the things we want to say is if you are willing to support us this morning i'm going to give you a free gift Oh, a little chuckle there. This, um, these bags are just our way to say thank you back to you. And it's full of resources, which I'm not going to go through all now. Um, we've got books about uh, the work that we're doing in communities. We've got an uh, um, amazing brand-new book just published a few weeks ago from Andy Hawthorne, who heads up uh, Message Trust, uh, called A Burning Heart, which is kind of studies on 1 Corinthians, if you're interested in that kind of thing. Um, They don't all have the same thing in, but this one's got grief and grace. We have a message in South Africa, and uh, the guy who heads it up uh, lost his wife suddenly to a brain aneurysm and wrote this brilliant book about grief and grace, Um, well worth a read. There's loads of stuff in there, but we want to give this to anyone who's wanting to stand with us and support us financially. So that's my big plug out the way. Just to say, please come and talk to us. Even if you don't want a bag, please come and talk to us at the end. Find out more about what we do. Grab one of our little uh, updates. And uh, if you want to sign up to um, support us, or if you want to sign up to do Street Pastors, we'd love to hear from you. Is that okay? Yeah. Good. Okay, we can all relax now. That's the big ask way. I can relax. <laughs> I forgot what the next slide is. Let's have a look. Here we go. So, two Thessalonians. That's what we're here to do, right? Um, I am, I am, in awe. It's probably the right word of what you guys are attempting to do. When, um, when Matt showed me your kind of your plan for this term and the fact that you're reading through a different chapter of the book every day, I'm I'm sure you're all doing it every every single day. You're really going for it, aren't you? Everyone's fully engaged. Uh, um, I just think that's a brilliant thing to do as a church, to be all doing the same thing and all reading the same thing, and um, so it's a privilege to be able to come and share in the midst of that, and so this Sunday, as you heard, uh, I've got the privilege of speaking to you from two Thessalonians, um, which is a great letter, it packs a punch, it really does, and I'm really excited to come and... um, and open it up for us this morning. Um, just to kind of give you the summary, because I appreciate you might not have uh, had talks on the, the other works of uh, Thessalonians, the other chapters. So to give you a brief summary, we can, we can find uh, Thessalonians, what's happening if we go back into Acts. And if you read Acts 17, you'll see Paul and you'll see Silas. And they go to Thessalonica. They spend about a month there doing their thing, preaching the good news. Uh, telling people about Jesus and establishing a church, and the church begins to thrive, and it's brilliant, and it's great. And then, of course, as often happens, the persecution comes. The more that they seem to be growing, and the more people who who, uh, engage with and connect with and give their lives to Jesus, more people start to come against them. And so this this fledgling church is suddenly already, only after being a month old, is facing the persecution, facing opposition, facing people who, who don't want them to preach the good news and don't want them to talk about Jesus. And so much so that Paul actually has to flee the city under the cover of darkness to get away from people who wanted to do him harm. Fast forward uh, a little bit of time and he sends Timothy to uh, visit the church because he wants to hear back on how they're doing and the report is good. The report is good. Well, it's kind of mixed bag because actually the persecution that Paul saw in Thessalonica, it's still going on. In fact, if anything, the persecution has gotten worse. But the good news that Timothy is able to bring to Paul is he tells him the church is still thriving. In fact, it's growing. And that's a good thing, isn't it? And so, Paul writes these two letters to the church in uh, Thessalonica, and we're looking at this part of this chapter this morning. Actually, um, I'm going to focus on just one small bit, but if you wanted to summarize what's going on here, Paul talks about uh, having hope in spite of the persecution that they're facing. He talks about the, the future day of the Lord and how it's not yet here, so you know, stop being lazy. He talks about a whole number of different things, but I'm not going to go into that. Um, but I think what, what the overall theme here is this idea of what you hope for is what you live for. If you're putting your hope in the right things, if you're putting your hope in Jesus, if your focus is on the right things and on godly things, then that's going to affect the way that you live your life. If you're, if you're hoping that I'll just get through today without somebody shouting at me, then that's probably going to affect the way that you live out your life. In fact, it kind of makes you smaller, meeker, shyer. It makes you put up the barriers and step away from what God has asked us to do. And, and Paul said, no, no, no. We hope for, and we believe in, and we trust in an amazing God. And so let's live like that's true despite the persecution. But anyway, as I said, I want to focus, if I may, on the first five verses of this chapter. So uh, let's read it again. If you've got a Bible, keep it open. Keep referring back to it. Um, it makes uh, good sense. So I'm reading from the NIV here. But let me read to you again those first five verses. This is, And this is Paul's prayer. It's a beautiful prayer. It packs a real punch. Uh, And uh, I think as Paul prays, he's kind of praying it for himself, but he's also praying it for them. And I think, I hope that God would speak to us this morning through those same words. So let's just read uh, 2 Thessalonians 3, uh, verses 1 to 5 again. He says this, As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly. we could just stop there couldn't we just spend an hour just praying that one prayer over and over again as for other matters brothers and sisters pray for us that the message of the lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you and pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people for not everyone has faith but the lord is faithful And he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. God, I pray again that these words would pierce our hearts this morning. That everything that we could say and sing and think this morning, your living word would speak to us, would transform us, would encourage us and would spur us on this morning. Come, Father God, have your way. Amen. So, as I say, it's a great little prayer, isn't it? It's a great little... um, Interlude. Paul's kind of throwing these different ideas and teaching and responding to uh, things that are happening in the church, and then he does these things. He often does it. We just kind of stops mid-flow and adds a little prayer. Um, But it is a a great prayer, and I I wonder if we kind of retranslated it for our own kind of church newsletter, uh, what this prayer would look like. So I had a go, and uh, and I thought to try and simplify it to help us understand it. Maybe it would sound a bit more like this. Paul starts by giving some prayer requests any good kind of newsletter starts with prayer requests right so his first prayer requests they're very simple he says pray for the gospel message to be spread and pray that we are protected from evil people and I think actually those two things go hand in hand they're not two separate prayer requests Paul is praying that that's what we're about that's what we do that we we are gospel sharing people But because we're gospel-sharing people, there's going to be persecution. Do you know what? If they didn't want to be persecuted, the the easiest thing they could have done? Stop sharing. Stop sharing. Stop talking about Jesus. Stop singing and shouting and proclaiming the truth of who God is. If they stopped all of that, so much of the trouble would have gone away. I think sometimes we think uh, all we need to do, we we pray the second bit but not the first bit. We pray, we pray for our protection, pray against things that are coming against us, pray that we won't have a bad day. But Paul's prayer that they wouldn't have opposition is because he recognizes the opposition comes because of what he's doing. I'm going off on one. This isn't on the script. I need to move on. So the first kind of couple of prayers there, the prayer request for the gospel to be spread and that the uh, protection against those evil people. And then he goes on to pray some prayers of thanks As often as the way, when when you're praying, when you're caught up in in God and what he's doing, and and Paul's reminding himself of his purpose here, of of being a, a gospel evangelist, you can't help but then go into prayers of praise. And he says, God is faithful. It's a kind of a declaration. He's not asking for God's faithfulness. He's reminding his heart, and he's reminding the readers of this letter, and I believe God is reminding us as we read these words this morning. God is faithful. That should lift our spirits and spur us on. God is faithful to us, just as He was to Paul. And then secondly, in that He says that he prays and gives thanks that God's strength and protection is over them. I'll come back to that in a moment, but they're just these amazing prayers of thankfulness. To God, And then finally, this uh, these few verses, he finishes with these kind of like declarations of faith, these kind of prayers of praise, when he talks about how God has filled and renewed confidence. As Paul looks to the Thessalonians, he says, I'm confident that you'll continue to do what God has asked you to do, what I've instructed you to do. I'm confident, not in your ability or my ability to preach well, I'm confident in God that he will continue to do in you what he has started and he directs their hearts to love and to persevere and uh, it's it's, again it's a great prayer however which way you look at it isn't it it's a really good prayer and I think as I was kind of preparing and, and looking at these different sections and I saw that there were kind of three pairs of prayers going on there and so really my message this morning was just to kind of pick that out a little bit further and encourage you this morning, I think these three prayers, I've got a lot of Ps to try and say this morning, uh, uh, all fit into this idea of uh, us having purpose, knowing God's provision, and keeping the right perspective. Okay, so that's what we're going to do, and I'm going to rattle through the rest of this in the time remaining that we've got. So, purpose, provision and perseverance this is a great model for us so first of all purpose purpose paul is very clear isn't he of what his purpose is his purpose is to share the good news wherever he goes whoever he sees whoever will listen whatever town or city he finds himself in he has one job and that is to share the good news of jesus christ and uh, he's going to just keep on doing that. That's why he went to Thessalonica in the first place. That's why he uh, wrote these letters to remind them of what he was doing. And, uh, and there is an assumption in this that that is also what they're doing. You'll notice if you look in the text, he kind of keeps switching between us and you. He kind of prayed for us that we would share the gospel, but then he keeps switching it back to you are receiving this, you are protected, you will receive strength, you are pressed into God's love. So he's both praying it for himself, but he's also praying it over them that they would do likewise. This assumption that they, like Paul, would be gospel-sharing people. But as we've already seen, he doesn't just do it naively, he does it with his eyes wide open, and we too should go into these situations with our eyes wide open Paul knows the persecution they are facing he was driven out of Thessalonica himself he's faced persecution in many different settings hasn't he he's aware that they're facing it every day and it is true to say and we need to we need to have our eyes wide open to this reality so that we can go into it in the right way but the gospel and persecution do so often go hand in hand If you want to have a nice, comfortable, easy life, if you don't want to face persecution, don't preach the gospel. I'm not saying that's what we should do, but that's what we can do if we're not careful. The reason they are being persecuted is because they are gospel-sharing people. And isn't it true that you know, look around the world today and you look at the persecuted church, look at the countries and the places where it's still illegal to be a Christian, it's illegal to share your faith, people can be jailed or even killed. And yet those so often are the places where the church is growing the most. They are not ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ. Even though it might mean that they're opposed or persecuted or killed for their faith. How challenging is that to us today? Paul knows his purpose. Paul knows his purpose is to be a good news sharing purpose because, let's face it, that's what God's purpose was. As well, as I was preparing this, this week, I was reminded of uh, Habakkuk um, chapter 2, verse 14. Bear with me. Uh, in Habakkuk 2, God says this. He says, The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea the earth will be filled with the knowledge that god wants every part of this earth to know who he is he wants every human being on this planet to know that god is real that he loves them that his glory shines down from heaven that is here on a rescue mission god wants everybody to know him That's his heart. That's his purpose. And that that second bit, I just love that second bit. He wants wants that to happen. Uh, How can we compare how much we want to see the glory of God on the earth? Well, it's like the waters covering the sea. I mean, if there's a sarcastic moment from God, it's right there, isn't it? Like, how much, how much of the sea is covered by water? Let me just think about that for a moment. Oh, all of it is made of sea. It's kind of drilling home this point that God's emphasis, God's purpose, is that everyone would know him. And if that's God's purpose, then surely, of course, when Jesus came, Jesus came to fulfill God's purpose. I love the story in, in Luke 19.10 when Zacchaeus, makes a a, a profession of faith, becomes a Christian, receives salvation, and Jesus' response in that moment is to say, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Often I think, you know, when you can sum up all the Gospels, that is the phrase that sticks out in my mind. What is it all about? Yes, Jesus did some amazing miracles. Of course he gave some brilliant teaching and some moral lessons that we learned from, but that's not why he came. He came to seek and to save the lost so that people who don't know God would know God. You with me? God's purpose is for the gospel to be shared, for the glory of God to be known. Jesus' purpose in coming was so that lost people would be found and would know God as their savior. And Paul knows his purpose, which is why he prays this at the start of his prayer, that the gospel would continue to be shared. And so the, the first question that we have to ask ourselves this morning is very simple. Do you know your purpose? Do you know your purpose? A question I think we should ask ourselves at least on a weekly basis Do you know your person? Not not what are you living for? Not what are you doing to kind of make the most out of your life. We're not talking about your job or having a family and, and raising good kids. We're not talking about being financially stable or secure or being able to have the nice holidays. That's the stuff you do with your life. But that's not your purpose. 2 Corinthians 5 says that we are Christ's ambassadors. In other words, the message that Jesus had, he has now passed on to us so that we can carry on sharing it. Our purpose is to be Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. I truly believe that's all of our purpose. You, you might not say, oh, I'm not the evangelist, I'm not the church leader. Of course you're not. We're not all meant to be those things. But we are all meant to be carriers of the truth. We are all meant to be people who speak truth and life into every situation, to shine a light for Jesus in every situation, to bring good news to those who are dying. That is our purpose too. It's not going to be easy. It was never going to be. The more you speak about Jesus, the more persecution you will face. We just have to look at uh, Kate Forbes, you know, the uh, Scottish politician who stood up for her faith this last week and, and how people were ready to tear her down, not because of her policy, politics or her policies or her voting record. She's actually got a really good voting record in terms of what the Scottish government are looking for. But because she said something about her faith, people were ready to tear her down. We have to always be prepared, don't we? It says in 1 Peter, always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have. Do you have a hope in Jesus? I'm sure you do. But does it affect the way you live your lives? For the hope that we have should affect and shape the lives that we live. It's not going to be easy. But if we truly believe, and I do, that's why I do what I do with Message Wells, is why we take every and any opportunity to get in front of people so they can sit under the sound of the gospel. But if we truly believe that our purpose, our true purpose here on earth is to share the good news, then we should let nothing stop us from advancing the kingdom of God. So I'll ask you again, do you know your purpose? What are you Living for. Well, Paul reminds us of this. He, he prays this and he prays it for himself and is an assumption he's praying it for the others. And then he moves on to his prayers of thanks as he kind of thinks about this idea of, oh, I want to get out there again. I want to keep preaching the gospel. I know people are going to be against me, but pray that I'll just keep going. And that you can see that sense of, of kind of overwhelming passion comes and bubbles up. So we move into this second part uh, of the passage, verse 3, where it kind of talks about these prayers of provision. Paul, as he thinks about these things, can't help but burst out, God is faithful. I can see him like, you know, a scribe going, okay, do I need to write that down in capital letters? He's like, this is his passion overflowing in his prayer. In the light of their purpose-driven life, with their eyes wide open to the persecution they're facing, Paul reminds them, He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Do we believe that? Do we truly believe that? Notice there's a difference here in verse 3 to verse 1. Verse 1 talks about praying against protection from evil people. Because let's face it, there's always going to be people. And there's always going to be certain people who are just going to be against you. Or are going to be mean or horrible or genuinely wanting to tear you down. There will always be people and so we need to pray that God will protect us from that. But here in verse 3, it's not evil people he's talking about. It's the evil one. He's talking about the devil. He's talking about Satan. But he doesn't pray, oh, please protect us from the devil. Why? Because he doesn't have to pray that prayer. Because Jesus has already defeated the evil one. It's a different perspective. It's a different prayer altogether. God has provided God is faithful. He provides the strength, he goes on to say in verse 3. You're going to go out, you're going to preach the gospel, it's going to be hard, people are going to be against you, but take heart, because we serve a faithful God who will, promise of God, protect you, who will give you strength, that whatever we face, we do not face it alone. I'm so encouraged reading those words. I hope you are too. Uh, Zechariah 4, 6 puts it this way God speaking and he says not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the Lord in other words you know, if we're going to achieve anything, if we think just about your own lives or even just think about this church and you want to see it grow and you want to see it flourish and you want to reach the community around you, it's not going to happen because of your overwhelming force or your brute strength. It's not going to happen because of your positions of power or influence or great leadership skills. It's, it's not going to happen because we get into the business world or the political world and we get into those kind of spheres of power. It's only going to happen through Christ alone we are more than conquerors Paul says not in our own strength we are more than conquerors through Christ alone not our power not our might through what God has already done so take heart take heart this morning I hope you're feeling challenged that maybe there's more than we can do to go out there and share the good news. And maybe that's scary because there's persecution, there's opposition that's going to come your way. But take heart because God is faithful. And when we do it in his strength, we can overcome. So, second question this morning is, whose strength are you relying on? In your situations, in your your circumstances, in the battles that many of us will face today or battles you're going to face tomorrow or in the days to come, are you first and foremost relying on your own ability, your confidence, your experience, or do you fall on your knees before God? Because after all, he is our rock, he is our shield, he is our strength, he is our fortress, he is our comforter. Do you believe that? This morning. Finally. Paul ends. In verse 5 of this section. With prayers of, of praise. Prayers of just utter joy. That push us into this right perspective. Because what we're saying is challenging. But he gives us the right perspective. Paul says. May the Lord direct your heart. Into Christ's love. Sorry into God's love. And Christ's perseverance. What does that look like? What does that look like for you what does it look like to have your heart directed towards god's love to have your heart directed towards christ's perseverance his endurance because in the context of this prayer and in the light of sharing the good news we are called to keep on loving to just keep on loving not just the ones that like us not just the ones who accept our message but those who don't like us those who don't accept the message those who ridicule us for our faith we are called to keep on loving them in spite of what you see around you keep on loving and even though we're going to face persecution to keep on going to persevere to endure we get knocked down, but we get up again because God has given us the strength to do that. And we keep on going and we keep on going. And And I think maybe this is the biggest challenge of all. Are you keeping your perspective? Are you keeping your endurance? Are you keep on going for God? And it's easy for me to come as a, a outsider to speak to you guys. I don't know what you're up to. I'm sure you're doing loads of great things. And I'm not here to, to comment or criticize that, but... This is a heart examination this morning. Do you know your purpose? Do you know where your provision comes from? And are you keeping your perspective in all of that? How is your heart? Is it full of love for the unlovable? Maybe there are areas where it's grown a bit bitter or cold or burnt out or you've just been damaged by past experiences and failed relationships. Direct your heart to God. Direct your heart to God. It's easy to say, but we need to do it on a daily basis so that our hearts don't grow cold. How is your endurance? Are you feeling worn out? I know there are plenty of days when I am. (laughs) Are you feeling burnt out by life? Have you settled for a toned-down, comfortable, westernized version of Christianity? Have you lost your youthful zeal, your get-up-and-go, your take-risks for Jesus? Paul doesn't think it's time to quit. Let me tell you that. He has confidence. Not in their ability and not in his preaching. He has confidence in God, and we should too. We need to hope unswervingly to the truths of God to never give up it is not going to be easy friends it was never meant to be I hope that as I share these words and reflect on this prayer it both challenges you but also encourages you we're not all doing the best that we can let's face it there's always more we can give to God but take heart because God is faithful and he is the one who will give you the strength and the perseverance and the protection and the endurance to keep going if you're willing to go on that journey with him. So let me pray as I close. (sighs) Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you loved us even when we were unlovable, even when we were far from you. You first loved us. And God, as our a, as a, a greatest act of worship, help us to love others with the love of God. That will look different, uh, take up different amounts of time, uh, be, be different depending on the stage of life we're at, or the person we are, but we all have a role to play. And so I pray, God, right now, would you continue to convict us of the truth of who you are would you convict us from your word would you embolden us like the disciples pray in acts 4 would you give us boldness to go on preaching in spite of persecution to go on sharing our faith to stand up for what we believe in to see the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven help us God to overcome our fears and our weaknesses Help us to set our hearts and our minds on Jesus so that we might go in your strength and go in your love. Help us, Lord, to be the ambassadors of Christ we have been called to be. We love you, God. We know that we can ask these things and know that you hear them. And we pray what is already in your will and your heart. So help us, God, to grow and be more kingdom followers, more kingdom worshippers, more Uh, beacons of hope and light for Jesus with every passing day. Thank you, God. Amen.